0: Hi, welcome to Gada Ping, a careers podcast you should listen to if you want to grow your career online and offline. Hi, my name is Mei Ping, and I'm a professional career coach and international speaker with more than a decade of experience at some of the biggest companies in the world. To learn more about what I do, visit meiping.com. That's M-E-I-P-H-I-N-G dot All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of my Got a Pink podcast, a podcast that you should listen to if you want to grow your career. So today's episode is a really special one, and it is a replay of a um, interview that I did with um, Patrick Klotz on his Pets Chats show. So his pet Chat, uh, Pets Chat is a little bit of a tongue twister. Uh, his Pets Chats um, podcast is basically a podcast that brings along. Um, various professionals from across different industries to share about our career journey and some of the skills and some of the things that really make us um, successful um, in our respective fields. So in this special episode, I talk about a couple of things with Pat. Uh, Number one, I shared my journey growing up from a small I guess small city in Penang started out in a small firm, and how I eventually moved um, to bigger companies, and eventually moved to uh, Singapore. So I talk a little bit more about my professional slash uh, personal journey. I also talked about some of the most important skills that you can learn that is beyond the traditional learning of taking a certification. So uh, some of the main skills that I really advocate on how you can continue to improve your work performance and professional development without necessarily taking a a certification. And lastly, I also talk a little bit more about personalities, which is really one of my passion topics. So for the personality portion, I just shared a little bit more about my personal experiences as an introvert and pretty much how I navigate through life and life in the corporate world as a pretty highly introverted person person i guess at the beginning of my career and um how i continued to adapt later on so i hope that you enjoyed this episode um it was an episode that was recorded quite some time ago but i still hope that you gain a lot of insights from it you can take some inspiration from it and if you are somebody along your career wondering you if you should take another certification or you might be an introvert wondering if you can do well in the corporate world i think you can find a lot of value in this episode so with that i hope that you enjoyed the episode and i'll see you in the next one cheers bye
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pat's Chat, third uh, week of uh, MCO, the movement control order here in Malaysia, still stuck at home, but you can see my nice background of uh, KL city. Uh, today, someone of KL is joining me, um, leadership and communication coach and a very fast racing star on social media. Uh, also due to her awesome uh, podcast, Got The got Thing. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Mei Ping Ling, thank you very much for joining me. How are you today?
0: Good, thank you. Thank you for the very kind invitation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I came across your uh, profile in LinkedIn because you're really disruptive there. I can see you hustling a lot everywhere. And as I said, the podcast is really, really awesome. We come back to that a little bit later first of all as always i would like to know uh, more about you who you are and where you grow up and uh, if you were a successful student or not
0: ah interesting <laughs> and thanks for the question i feel like this is the first time after doing so many podcast interviews that this got asked um so i am born and raised in penang malaysia so i did most of my education um in Penang itself, and my final year of my uh, accountancy um, degree where I did ACCA, I moved to KL, spent a year in KL, and I've got all my education done, moved back to Penang, um, started working in a pretty small accounting firm because at uh, that time it was 2008, the whole recession thing. So pretty much, you know, we just went for whatever that was available. And gradually from then on, I moved to Singapore to join Ernst & Young, okay. which is uh, one of the big four accountancy firms. Mm-hmm. So in there, I was uh, pretty much doing the what things auditors, I mean, things that auditors do, right? Um, uh, financial statement review. and But I think what was quite interesting is that I got into the space of um, compliance, so financial services compliance, right? Really reviewing um, gaps, processes, regulations, and whatnot. Then mm-hmm. after that, um, because personally, I, I love travel. So there was a position that opened up at Visa, with the internal audit, internal control team. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know what, why not? Because it's it's travel to the biggest cities in the world, visiting their offices and really um, doing process gap reviews, which are some of the things that I was trained in and I did enjoy also. So it's pretty fun two years, I would say, visiting the um, Visa's offices in like Sydney, San Francisco, um, huh. Nice, you know, yeah. Tokyo, I went to Shanghai as well, Ho Chi Minh, Bangkok, KL. So so it was pretty fun, um, two years. Then after that, I was pretty much headhunted to join Standard Chartered Global Team. So that was the time, um, I think the banks were paying a lot of um, fines in the multi-million dollar range due to some frame governance framework uh, gaps. So I was the actually the pioneer team that went in to kind of take a look at the framework and pretty much redesign the whole thing. So that was what I spent my time doing at Standard Chartered for almost Five years.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: that's corporate life. Awesome. <laughs> that was corporate life. <laughs> so I
1: see you come from uh, a small island in the north of uh, Malaysia, Penang, and then mm. moved over KL to Singapore. That must have been a great change in your life also.
0: Um, I think the one year spent in KL was definitely a very fruitful one because I was pretty much living on my own, um, well, I guess well still in the comforts of um, university life, right? So, it was it wasn't it was kind of hectic, but pretty much in control because um, you know we, we had something specific to focus on, like my studies. I think for Singapore, uh, the the real transition was about the the expectation level, right? For work, you know, in in um in business, is definitely three to five five times higher than um, wow. what we are used to here. Uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so I think I think it's quite it's quite helpful because ultimately you know businesses are turning global and and this is the attitude and this is sort of the sort of expectation that we want to have and mm. to me this is the kind of ex- the key experience that I took away and the experience that I share with a lot of my young clients right now who are also in regional and global positions also dealing with you know um, massive teams across different markets
1: yeah yeah. I understand. And I think uh, as, as you wrote um, you visited 37 countries. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think it's a huge experience also. Um, can, can you say like which place of all these 37 countries you like most? <laughs> um,
0: okay, my favorite favorite place ever actually is uh, Porto which is the north of Portugal because I, I love art and especially in Porto, they have a lot of like wall paintings, like um, the ceramic tile paintings, which are absolutely beautiful and they are absolutely massive. So I feel like it is a place that really, the, the artsy creative side of me really relish. And especially when I travel, I like to seek inspiration, especially from art. So I love visiting museums and kind of looking at architecture. And I just feel like Porto is this like burst of art (laughs) wherever I go. So I I really love Porto.
1: Nice, nice. I think my Portuguese friends will, will love to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, as I said, you said, you've worked as an accountant, uh, as an auditor and in, in governments for a bank. Um, for most of the people, or for a lot of people, that would sound mm. like quite boring. Um, um, but I think it has its exciting parts also. But is that the reason like, that you started your own company, that uh, you got bored with the job or you just wanted to figure <laughs> out something new?
0: Um, I wouldn't say it was boring. Um, in fact, I always like to tell people that actually naturally I'm a very big picture sort of person but the time spent in audit really drills the attention, into de- attention to detail into you which right now I think is a very invaluable skill that I have like being really able to spot the little things that are not right but are supposed to be right. And in fact, I think that has really helped me to do really well at Standard Charter. So I was pretty much promoted every single year when I was in the bank. Um, because my key role was essentially building new things, right? So it kind of combines like the key skills of like imagination, creativity, and really the nitty gritty bits of management of actually implementing initiatives and projects. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people know it's very easy to come out with ideas. not so easy to actually put the ideas into practice and actually get things done. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I really relish from like both sides. But I mean, I guess back to your question, what I noticed from my 10 years in corporate and I would say pretty much, you know, fast rising years is that the, the key skills are really not so much technical stuff that one you can pick up. But I think it's the ability to really learn how to use, number one is actually identify the soft skills that can help you to navigate people and problems and particularly navigating people because, you know, 90% of problems are caused by people.
1: Um, I would agree (laughs) I
0: think I think I think having that Realization is very Important Um, And knowing That learning Learning It does not Always mean That it's in the Traditional sense Whereby you need to Go and take a Certification Like I have not Mm -hmm. Taken a certification In years But what I've Continued to harness On are like this little skills like, you know, creating win-win relationships like leveling up your EQ, you know, how to manage expectations, clear thinking, you know, getting organized, you know, managing your time. I mean, all these are really very, very critical things. And over the years, you know, I've seen people who got promoted very quickly like myself. I've also seen people who got stuck, especially young people, you know, very enthusiastic but cannot understand why, right? They, They can't move upwards. I think, the thing I notice is it's a very common theme because they are technically very strong, very hardworking, but mm-hmm. like in terms of these soft skills to navigate people and problems, it's quite limited. So once you are, you can't really demonstrate that you have that ability to take the lead. Then I think it's quite difficult to move upwards mm-hmm. because it's a lacking of you know leadership and management skills. So that's yeah. what actually inspired me to say, you know what, instead of helping my team, like 20 people, I want to help more people. And that's a much better way of doing that.
1: Oh, I see. So, so sharing your experience and you, you also mm. defining like, um, when, uh, People ask you how, how you find your hmm. success, right? How were you able to move the this career ladder so, so quickly? Uh, then you focus everything on on soft skills, right? So you never mentioned that like, oh, it's because I'm a good accountant or a good auditor. It's more <laughs> like, okay, what makes a good account or auditor is like defined by the soft skills. And um, I read on your profile that you have the ability to develop a high uh, emotional intelligence and mastering soft skills. Um so when we come back to EQ can you um can you define this a little bit more for people who don't know what what yeah. we define as uh EQ or emotional uh, intelligence
0: Yeah. I think the to me right it doesn't matter you know what your job title is and what you are trained at because ultimately these are things that you can pick up. So it to me the the baseline is this self awareness do do you know how well do you know yourself? Mm-hmm. I think that's the question I like to I like to ask. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you enjoy? What do you hate? Um, what can you tolerate? What do you think you can get better at? What do you think you are naturally awesome at? Right, and a lot of people find it quite difficult to really dig deep because it requires a lot of self reflection thinking and um, most of the time we're also busy right so emotional intelligence number one is really about self-awareness and number two understanding yourself well enough to know that um, when certain emotions are created in you whether you should know when you're what makes you angry what creates anxiety what gets you stressed out what makes you really happy joyful and what you really enjoy doing because that that is really the first step so I just by knowing that in yourself it helps you to be able to identify in someone else so some people what i call like tactless people they, they could have made someone really angry but they don't even recognize that right so they would say i'm not i'm not sure why you're so angry with me you know i didn't even do anything and the other is like did you how can you not see this uh, yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so examples like that
1: OK, and and uh, OK, uh, it's very interesting that you speak about the self-awareness. Do, do you mm. see like uh, a difference in like the age groups, like if you talk about millennials or if you mm. uh, work with uh, Gen Z's also, uh, do you see a difference in this behavior like that, like one of the age group is more self-aware or one is less or it doesn't mm. change, it really depends on like every individual at all.
0: Yeah. I think, I think self-awareness is, an, is a personal journey, to be honest, mm-hmm. because sometimes you know, the situations and the experiences that you have come across will sort of trigger you to say, okay, maybe I need to start thinking about this and why is this happening? Um, but I would say this though, I think the Gen Z, um, the Gen Z kids or you know, the, the students and like kind of fresh graduates that I work with, I think they at least have this ability to keep asking why. Like, why is this happening? Why do I need to do this? Why, 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 right? And I find that sometimes it creates a generation gap because like the people who are, you know, the millennials and the Gen X or the baby boomers are just not used to the question, answering the why question, right? You know, we are more focused on like, okay, how do you yeah. do this? And what do I need to do? And so forth. So there, there is a bit of a communication gap um, mainly due to um, generation. And I think if you mm-hmm. look at Gen Z, probably the ability to create self-awareness is also higher because they grew up in an era of technology. So whatever answers mm-hmm. that they want, they can search for it. But yeah, there is yeah, also yeah. a flip side to that because when you when you absorb too, a lot of information, how do you know that it's relevant for you? And how do you know if like, actually you want to learn from it or it's just like kind of being shoved mm-hmm. to you? So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is more... Um, you really need to take time to... Reflect on kind of what, what you like. Um, you know, what do you enjoy? What do you think you're good at? Not just the stuff that people tell you that you're good at. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, in the end, uh, all those uh, all this focuses on the human, uh, real human skills. How you how you call it, and uh, also you helped. Um, um, your, your customers to get uh, future ready skills so what, <laughs> what is the top skills that you consider the future skills that everyone uh, should have
0: <laughs> yeah the key one I always say leadership yeah. is self management if you cannot manage yourself there is no chance that you can deal with other people no chance mm-hmm. no chance because you can't really control your environment like yeah I mean to a certain extent you can but you really can only work on yourself, isn't it? And I hear a lot of, because I work with a lot of young people. So obviously they are very ambitious, high performing. They always tell me, Oh, I want to become a team leader, manager, director, whatever. And <laughs> the question I normally ask them is like, how well are you managing yourself? Tell me what's up with your portfolio. Like, are you, are you late for meetings? Um, do you do what you say and see what you do? That kind of stuff. Because if you can't even lead yourself, then what, what are your chances, you know, of success of leading, you know, five people, ten people, maybe two, three hundred people? Because mm-hmm. the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Mm.
1: Mm. So leading by uh, like um, being a role model, basically.
0: Are you are you the person that people want to work with? Yeah. <laughs> right. So if you if you can't answer yeah. yes to that question, that means that there are some stuff that you may want to work on.
1: Yeah. Okay, I understand, yeah, I understand <laughs> what you mean. Besides leadership, or I mean, do you think everything comes back to leadership? I mean, that's the, the most important skills.
0: Um, that's definitely one of the most important ones. The other thing I think is um, listening. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, deep and active listening. Because a lot of times we are very focused on answering the question, but we don't always listen. Like we listen for agreement. Or whether we agree with a certain point, um, we listened to defend sometimes, right? Yeah. We listen to respond because I I have a lot of extroverted clients and they tell me that when I, when this person is talking, I have a lot of things I want to say already. <laughs> um, so so li- listening is a is a skill that is, it sounds so easy, but it's quite difficult to mm-hmm. um, really master it. So it's a it's a process that requires you know cultivation. But I would say that it pays off massive dividends because everything starts from listening, isn't it? So if you're at work and your yeah. boss talks to your manager, or even a client, you can't listen well. Then how are you gonna how are you gonna deliver results and the mm. outcome? Because you can spend a lot of time, but if the time is kind of not on the right things, then then it's really a waste of time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, basically, I agree with uh, the listening skills uh, is uh, should be one of the most important, or I I uh, consider that is. It as the most important uh, skill for leadership, also um, yes. listening, uh, which brings me like to the to the next topic. Um, yeah. This is when we talk about introverts and extroverts. Yeah. Um, so so many people ask me is like um, why can introverts even be leaders? And my answer is yeah. always like yeah, I think introverts can even be the better leaders than extroverts. <laughs> why? Because they have this one skill uh, already uh, that is developed yeah. better than the Extroverts and that is listening. Um, Of course, this is very uh, generalizing, uh, but would you agree with that? That, uh, I mean, in the end, both introverts and extroverts can be good leaders, but maybe introverts even have an advantage in this area.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, regardless of whether you're an introvert or extrovert, you know, given the right practice and developing the right skills, we all can become um, good leaders. And I agree with you. I think that For introverts, listening comes a little bit more naturally, listening as well as Mm -hmm. observing. And I would even add that certain level of emotional intelligence as well because when you're kind of being quiet, listening, observing, it's much easier to sense how the other person is feeling, whether it's a good feeling or a kind of a pretty negative feeling. Um, But I would say that, you know, I wouldn't categorize whether it's an introvert versus extrovert, but to me, a leader's ability... Number one is to communicate. Number two is to actually make decisions and take action. And ultimately, you need to be able to manage and monitor your team to make sure that the things are actually done as they promised. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to me, these are the four key characteristics. So definitely introverts can become leader, very good leaders as well. I, th- I guess that sentiment comes from a lot of people think that introversion means the person is very quiet very anxious um just socially awkward which i quite disagree with this term <laughs> and i find and, and i will say this though a lot of people tell me i'm an ambivert and i i used to tell ambivert. people that uh, okay <laughs> i don't i don't believe in ambiverts because i think that introversion and extroversion is pretty much a spectrum so yeah just mm. kind of along the spectrum like nobody's really 100% and sometimes i wonder if the term ambivert came up because people think that calling themselves an introvert is like something is wrong with you. So I always tell introverts that it's okay, you can be proud of being uh-huh. an introvert because it's just that people don't really understand what that means. And <laughs> to me, being an introvert just means that if I'm a battery, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: After the whole day, I have a lot of activities. Once that battery goes to zero, that like I need to go home, I can't deal with it anymore. But for an extrovert, it's just that they can recharge the battery, right? So they're like, okay, mm. let me just, when I talk to someone else, and the battery goes back to 100%. It's just yeah, how yeah. you recharge your energy But I think the, the more general perception Is that as long as you're quiet You know, you're awkward That means you're an introvert Which I don't think that's true like, At least in my definition it's not true <laughs> yeah,
1: but I think like uh, this term, I just liked it very much. I, I didn't hear that before, like socially awkward, right? Or how do you mm. say it? social awkward?
0: Yeah, so- social
1: awkwardness. And social stuff. awkwardness, yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, uh, basically, I, I think it will go in both directions. I mean, introvert yeah. will also say like it's uh, kind of uh, social awkward if you have an extrovert mm. that puts himself or herself yeah. in, in the center of attention and then mm. talks like the entire evening without like anyone else can say something or if even yeah. someone else says something, the guy <laughs> is not listening, right? So I think yeah. it goes uh, kind of both direction mm. when, when it is extreme.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, we have an agreement on, on, on <laughs> that one. Um, how, how do you work in, with uh, groups that have like really this, um, let's say the, the extremes uh, on both mm. side, like an extreme introvert and extreme ex- extrovert? How, how you make sure that this group can can work together and function in the end?
0: Yeah, I think firstly is to be able to identify who has the extroverted preferences and the introverts. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you have um, introverts in a team meeting, you should always um, allow them to speak up, right? So if the extrovert is talking nonstop, and then you can always say, okay, you know, thanks for your feedback. Uh, 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 what about who and who, right? I mean, let's just give a couple of minutes for the people who have not shared their views yet, like who would like to share. So kind of give them that space so that they feel that they have the permission to to not compete for, for the attention. Um, but also I think um, giving space in the sense that sometimes introverts need a bit more time to kind of process their thoughts, right? They may not be able to mm-hmm. kind of give all the views during the meeting so always be open to say okay if you guys have anything else you want to share can you please you know maybe drop an email or come to speak to me after like within two Mm -hmm. days or within Mm -hmm. two hours so that they have some time to process and really can come back with more valuable insights that maybe if you try to force it during the meeting it doesn't um, it doesn't really work for them because that's kind of not how they process things yeah so just I guess giving space and kind of understanding how you can leverage on um each nice. Personality strength, yeah.
1: Okay, that's that's an awesome hint. And uh, as mentioned before, there are many, many uh, more hints uh, in your in your podcast on both sides. Yeah. Uh, basically, that's yes. that's uh, very interesting. So you have like four or five episodes uh, on both the introverts and extroverts. Uh, I really recommend to to listen to all uh, all of those because it uh, gives a lot of uh, insights. Um one, one topic we discussed uh, a couple of times during this uh, last mm. three weeks, or let's say above all the last one week, uh <laughs> is it the situation we currently have in, in Malaysia uh, around the world that you, you're yeah. locked up at home. Uh is a situation where introverts probably feel more convenient with and uh, extroverts <laughs> more probably are about to freak out. Uh, is that what you see also? And what, what is your recommendations uh, in mm. the end to extroverts being stuck in such a, in such a situation?
0: Mm. I think that um, pretty much everybody's freaking out, <laughs> if I'm honest. And I would say that for the introverts, probably the first three days is pretty fun. And after that, it's a bit like, I would like to have, I would like to at least have the option to be able to go out because that's personally how I feel that I like to stay at home. But to say that, no, you cannot leave your house, it, it feels like, oh no, then this is a trap. Like it's not a choice because I think there is a difference between having a choice and like, no, you can't do something. Um, but I think that, you know, definitely it's more hard hitting for extroverts because I would say that in my client portfolio, right? The clients I work with is probably half and half, right? I have introverts i also have extroverts who are texting me every day every day like i cannot deal with this anymore <laughs> um i think the biggest tip is like why not take this time for some self-reflection right uh, maybe do some personality tests and maybe some some quiet time to think through like i said right the skill skills some of the skill gaps or uh, some of the challenges in your life in business and in career Where right now, you know, you're not kind of in a busy space outside in a meeting or in an office where you'll be constantly interrupted. But, you know, carve out that one hour for yourself and and see how you can improve. Because this situation, honestly, we don't really know how long it's going to last. You can't control your environment, but you can choose to do something for yourself, right? I always tell people, you know, if you start by identifying your skills gap and don't go around doing just generic learning because it's just like hours watching YouTube, but you don't really know how to utilize it after. So it's mm-hmm. not going to be a good use of time, even though you, you will feel very productive because you're like, I'm learning, I'm watching a bunch of videos. But the next question is that like, how are you actually going to put anything into practice? If the answer is no, then like it's, not a good use of time isn't it
1: yeah so so you recommend focused learning right like Mm, uh, pick one of the skills that you like to really improve and then like get into that uh, in a a deeper level also yeah and uh, I think current time there's a a lot of uh, (laughs) online learning or e-learning there's a lot of uh, webinars Uh, Mm. you mentioned that you're starting or you start already your own thing a community masterclass and you can let us know uh, in in two three seconds what it is about or what you're doing uh, in in this masterclass?
0: Yeah, um, the main reason why I started the community masterclasses is because I've really grown on LinkedIn quite a bit in the past 90 days. So I always like the idea of like meeting people in 3D rather than just kind of like, you know, 2D. So (laughs) I then started um, two masterclasses. One is becoming future ready in the digital world. So I've been telling people that the, the, the new world is now. So why not get ready? So we talked about like um, some of the human skills gap that you can improve, like I shared earlier. And the other thing is really improving online presence. So how you can improve your LinkedIn profile and make it more appealing and so forth. So these are, actually, I got this idea because a lot of people have been sending me DMs asking questions related to this. So I thought, you know what, why not just do a community class and more people can come and really benefit from it. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Uh, how, how uh, How can people join or
0: yeah, so um, firstly, obviously connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I normally post um, you know upcoming events or you can go to my website www.gotaping.com. and then I do have like the latest dates there also.
1: Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, we'll <laughs> share it also, like in the description and uh, in the subtitles of these videos, of course. Um, very interesting. Uh, thank you very <laughs> much for for sharing all these uh, insights and ideas. Um, maybe if we come to an end of this uh, of this chat, uh, maybe your number one tip for people at home, besides learning, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, what what to do, how to do, or maybe. Uh, easier to to Mm. let us know or share like what what you do how you spend your day to make sure that in the end you stay productive active and productive
0: well I would say stop consuming and start creating
1: (laughs) you mean (laughs) share share something okay
0: because I mean everyone is very busy learning right but like I want to see more sharing I want to see more people uh, sharing about what they have learned and you know, if it's going to be helpful to, you know, your individual community, why not, right? Because we can all benefit from one another. So start creating, even if it's like a simple post or sharing a link or to an interesting article that you discovered, like, why not? I, I like to see those, like, I like to read those. So I really look forward to that.
1: Yeah, sure, me too. Uh, <laughs> the more people share, the more uh, we can learn mm. from them for from their experience. Uh, yeah. As I learned today a lot from you <laughs> also, uh, really appreciate it. I appreciate your uh, time. Thank you so much uh, for being uh, on this show. Yes, thank you. Thanks. And uh, thanks to you for uh, watching. I hope you like this episode and uh, stay tuned for the next one. Uh, Stay safe and uh, see you soon. Every corner of the world is experiencing disruptions, but not for Bigit, for bringing data skills and knowledge to you. Hence from leading regional data science show and now international live business virtual event right at your fingertips. Find out more about the future. Bigit 2020, the eighth annual data science show on 22nd to 23rd September 2020.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. For more awesome content like this, remember to like and subscribe. Also, head on over to my website, meiping.com, that's M-E-I-P-H-I-N-G dot com, and subscribe to my weekly newsletter for more career growth and personal development tips. You can find the links in the description box below. Once again, you're listening to got Ping, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!